Welcome everybody. Welcome back to the party. Hello. We're taking on a slightly sinister vibe today. <gasps> yeah, hello, welcome. I am well, Mike and he's taking Adam. On a sinister vibe. For me, it's taking on the vibe of a sort of life raft because I get to just talk to my mate about music instead of, you know, all of this. Or <laughs> living through this. <laughs> or more of this. Yeah, so I'm Mike, he's Adam, we are men of no consequence. Uh, here, as we always are, is to talk about music, talk about albums. So every episode, we either he or I or a guest, potentially, uh, will pick an album and we will sit down and discuss at length to take any bit of enjoyment we can out of this album, squeeze it. So or, we just or in the case we return week, it to the jukebox. We probably don't talk about it at length. We probably skirt over it briefly <laughs> because I've done my best Mike but I'm really sorry to say I think I've let you down man <laughs> I've let you down good well let's explore <laughs> how you've let me down further as we discuss MF Dooms Born Like This yeah join us as we examine my inadequacies so Adam what, what fills you with these thoughts of in- inadequacy I've listened to this album a lot and, yes. and one of the reasons why I'm glad to talk to you this evening is that I can then stop listening to it. I can honestly say I didn't. I didn't hate it um, by any stretch of the imagination. It's not. We're not. It's not a Gigi Allen type situation. Um, Good. It's just. It's just not had an impact on me at all. There, there are, as I messaged you, there were times when it, I thought it had clicked. But then I listened to it again, and there's been an awful lot of me having to go, which which song is this again? Even because there's bits of songs that I like, but then the song as a whole just it just hasn't. I, I've not had the moment with it where it suddenly went, oh great. Um, and I think this is apart from obviously Gigi Allen, this is the first week where that's the case, where it's just been a bit of a, a, a non-entity. No, and I. I Again, unlike Gigi Allen, I do not mean any disrespect to the fans of the artistry here because that that's clear and apparent, and he's not just a horrible drug addict that's shouting at people with his cock out. It's... I don't think he's been smeared in excrement at all, and again, that's not something you can say about Allen. Mm. It's true. Uh, that's a shame. No, it's a shame. It's God knows I've tried. God oh, no, I don't doubt, it. don't doubt it, man. Uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, potentially, uh, maybe I should have picked a different MF Doom album because um, I think when people often talk about his output, Born Like This isn't one of the top of people's lists. If anything, I thought there may have been stuff in here more accessible to you as an entry point, but maybe I should have gone with something like mm, Food or Mad Villainy or uh, Victor Vaughn. Another album, basically. I'm just naming MF Doom albums and projects now. <laughs> so it's uh, a separate record. Yeah, other records by MF Doom. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe we should have gone Mad Villain, which was his uh, kind of biggest success in terms of chart success. So why would that have been more accessible to me than this perhaps was? 
I mean, I think uh, the problem with this is I don't really get hip hop. Mm. Yeah, you're I, not you're not hugely into it in general. No, I mean, I get that it's important. I get that it's an art form. I get that it means an awful lot to an awful lot of people. I get that people really love it. I get that it does for some people what, say, you know, thin white men with guitars do for me a lot sometimes, but I don't, it doesn't ever speak to me. Or, sorry, that's not true. What I have heard thus far has yet to resonate with me. I think part of maybe this is the fact that I'm, you know, a sort of, well, a sort of adult man, and I never listened to it when I was a teenager, whereas you did. And I, I did. think I think there is definitely something to be said for the fact that some of your sort of teenage tastes never really go away. Absolutely not, no. Um, like you still, why... you still got a soft spot of wrestling and the pageantry yes. of that. I never oh, did. And, and the, the, the theatricality is superlative, Adam. Um, yes, because. What what age is it they say you basically you, your musical development stops? There is there's like a scientific age, isn't there? Where they said basically around the age of twenty two. No, I don't even know may, if I made it twenty two. I, I think probably by the by the time I was around nineteen, I was I pretty much knew. I mean, obviously there's there's things you get into, but um, the the sort of the building blocks of that the taste mm. profile is fairly established. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe Doom was a bit too I don't know, maybe I should have gone with something a bit more well known. But yeah, Mad Villain um is a collaboration album you made with uh Madlib, who's a famed producer himself, and it's a bit more of a chill atmosphere, whereas Born Like This certainly as an album has a bit more of a chop and change feel, a bit more of a there's not it doesn't feel like there's other than the theme of him being a supervin, that the musically is not a lot of cohesion to it. It's quite no, I will say, to be honest with you, that that's probably one of the things I liked about it. Um, mm. But it just seems like, yeah, some of his opinions appear to be slightly unsavoury, um, interspersed with bits from other records. Um, yeah. <laughs> but as I say, there were bits of it I really did like. Mm. And then there were other bits I didn't. <laughs> well, before we get into songs, should I do a little bit of text of the Conway. Savage. Some, some context, yeah. So, MF Doom was born in 1971 in London. Uh, birth name was Daniel Dumillet. So that's where Doom comes from. But that, he was like a child, wasn't he, when he went back to America? I was reading, though, he's nev- he never, ever was given US citizenship, despite living there for, like, 30 years. Yeah, so he was Which born... insane. I think he was born to a Trinidadian mother, a Zimbabwean father. I, I potentially have that you know, wrong way around. But they lived in America. They They were in London visiting family where he was born. And then they immediately went back to America, where they lived in New York. So he was born. Were they American in... citizens? That I don't know for sure. You would have assumed not if if they refused to grant him the boon of citizenship. He yeah, so sorely craved. Essentially. But yeah, it's just odd that you know a lot of the time it's kind of like British-born rapper MF Doom is like, well, yes, he was born in London, but we can't claim him as our own as Brits because no. he, he was he was born and raised in New York. 
I mean, well, not his, born, sorry, but he, his he entire was... sort of worldview, his sort of Argo. It's, yeah, it's I American. Mean, the only thing I heard in there that I thought was even vaguely British is he said the word knob, and that's not something I've ever heard an American say. Yes, his rap career started in 1988, where he was performing under the name Zevlod X in the band KMD, which also featured his brother, uh, DJ Subrock. And the, uh, the band. Good? Did you like them? Uh, I've gone back and listened to some K- KMD. Uh, do you know what? It was a few years ago, and I remember enjoying it, but I couldn't remember the songs off the top of my head. But um, their last album, uh, there was a lot of controversy behind it, and it was um, deleted for years. Um, it's called Black Bastards, and the, the title cover um, has like a, a caricature of being oh, hung. Nice. Oh yes, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, and that was kind of poo-pooed by the music establishment. And, when did they release uh, that? So that was ninety. Well, originally it was going to be in nineteen ninety-three uh, through Electra Records, but um, they decided against it. So it kind of went um, unreleased till about two thousand one, when Doom first started coming to prominence. But it, for a long time, it was one of the great lost hip-hop albums. And was it a lost hip-hop album purely on the strength of the title and the art? That and kind of just the underground mystique of KMD themselves. Because oh, right. they they disbanded um, because DJ Subrock, um, Doom's brother, was killed in a car accident. I think I believe he was hit by a car. And then that very same week, Electra Records dropped them as a band. So mm. pre- pretty bleak time for doom uh and then after that um he essentially dropped off the grid for about five years um as he described it becoming damn near homeless sort of just wandering not really doing anything and then in the late 90s he started re-emerging at open mic nights uh donning this dr doom mask and just turning up at gigs and doing freestyles and uh yeah he kind of just became uh, a new york-based legend pretty quickly just through that mystique of wearing the mask and this gra- you know this growly style he had and the stream of conscious rap he just came out with and yeah he from his early appearances to actually releasing stuff people were listening to happened pretty quickly hmm. um and then he just became this kind of core celebrity in the hip-hop world and then he started just releasing mixtapes of just instrumental beats and stuff like that which he called special herbs or special herbs and there's about 12, 13 volumes of these. And he just started, just he's prolific, just creating albums under different monikers as well. So he was released stuff as MF Doom. But he also went by Victor Vaughan, uh, King Gidora. And yeah, then in early 2003, he um, released the Mad Villain album, which is still probably held up as his magnum opus. It got the biggest chart rating in America and worldwide. And then he started doing like... Um, it's incredible to me that we're not discussing that album. Instead, we're doing Maybe some... so. Maybe I picked a bad one here. Maybe. Uh, but I mean, this is exactly what you said about Tyler, the creator as well. You said... I, I, I do have a tendency to pick big artists and pick not necessarily the choice album. No, you're not picking the one that, you know, the critics might all go, oh, this is remarkable. You're going with, I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you described it when last we spoke as his most conventional, straightforward hip-hop record. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see a mistake? 
Well, there's other, th- there's other things I could have gone with. I could have also gone with uh, Danger Doom, the album he made with Danger Mouse, which did all right business as well. Yeah. Yeah. And he also did uh, recently, well, I think one of his last projects was a collaboration album with the hip-hop band Zarface, which is... Uh, Zarface? Zarface, yes. Oh. Which is also another kind of supervillain guys, uh, which involves Inspector Deck from the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh. Yeah, so uh, Doom kind of came up alongside Wu-Tang quite a lot in his time. Uh, but yeah, just a bit of background there on Doom. And basically he was, you know, I think as I said last time, he was like the hip-hop producer's producer. So many of his mm. instrumentals, even if he didn't feature lyrically on a track, a lot of his instrumentals made their way onto a lot of people's albums. So he was just generally beloved in the hip-hop community. I did see a great video just the other day of Tyler, the Creator, and Earl Sweatshirt, also an odd future of them pretty much when they were just starting to become big at festival and they meet doom uh backstage and just generally the looks in their faces that doom seems to show them some kind of attention and respect and he calls tyler the creator t-boogie which they just absolutely shit themselves over he's like doggy called you t-boogie and yeah that's some heartwarming nonsense it is quite charming seeing Tyler the Creator just loses his mind being called T-Boogie by MF Doom. But, yeah, and it was always kind of just considering the theatricality of the mask, which uh, he never oh, took off no. in public. That's that's superlative. Nobody's superlative. claiming otherwise. Yeah, uh, which which started off as the Doctor Doom mask, but then over, uh, quickly in the early 2000s became the Gladiator uh, combat mask, which looked pretty boss. Uh, but I just always loved the fact he would always wear that mask, but then just be in a t-shirt and hoodie or wearing a plaid shirt, you know, kind of ill-fitting shirt. So the rest of the outfit yeah, wasn't exactly yeah. screaming theatrical, I mean, but it was just the mask. In a way, that's cooler, isn't it? It really is. If he'd have taken to the stage wearing a cape and a pair yeah. of, like, steel boots, you know, like Doctor Doom, yeah, <laughs> he would have looked like a bell end because th- that time has passed. But... yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could just because just, I mean he's he's not a snappy dresser from the I mean in fairness he dresses almost entirely like me so I'm not criticizing point. Him. Yeah. but um yeah 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 it, there's something about the mask and the the sort of incongruity of it which is quite arresting yeah as, a, as an image yeah there's something really kind of disarming about it but it when I say disarming in a kind of yeah, vaguely sinister way where it's just I don't know what to make of this. Is it is there something evil happening here? Or well, there's and, something quite intimidating about um an artist that's just almost daring you to laugh at the mask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm wearing a mask, whatever, yeah. Yeah. And I love I love a lot of the time he was pictured with wearing his glasses over the mask as well. <laughs> well that's just that's funny. So yes, Born Like This was released in 2009 on Lex Records. And I think it's safe to say it did okay business. It kind of, uh, it wasn't one of its highest charting albums. And the critical um, feedback on it was good. But I think as well, like I said, it's a bit hodgepodgey for him. Whereas a lot of Doom's albums had more of an overriding theme to it, kind of sound template. Mm. 
in there. And yeah, Born Like This is a little bit more over the place. There's certain songs in there which were recorded before the album was kind of created. You've got artists on there on songs which Doom doesn't even feature on. Has there been any, or has there ever been any sort of um, scandal or furore about some of the lyrical content? No, and I believe you're probably alluding to some of the homophobic lyrics in here. Well, that's one of my questions, really, because I haven't read the lyrics. I was just sort of, I was trying to actively listen. Mm. And I don't know if I'm just missing the point, but um, certainly some of the lyrics do appear to be ever so slightly hateful. Well, should we just head straight to that track then, which is um, the... I don't really like saying the title, but the song Batty Boys. Hmm. So my question, Mike, is, is the yeah. song Batty Boys, is it, is it a tiny bit homophobic? Is it a bit homophobic? <laughs> yes, because uh, the, the phrase uh, is, I, I believe, originates from Jamaica as a term, uh, kind of a hateful term. And Jamaica, of course, homosexual behavior. famously really, really cool with gay people. I couldn't possibly comment. Well, I just remember listening to like an old John Peel show where he was talking about Elephant Man. Um, talking about how, you know, and of course, some of the lyrics are very hateful indeed, but that doesn't stop him from being a, an absolute dancehall success. <laughs> um, and yeah, I listened to it and went, it does a bit though, John, doesn't it? <laughs> even, even though you've walked us into it and you've prefaced it, Still a bit, you know. It, it, it does it does uh, muddy things up a bit, doesn't it? When you try and go into something, it's just like, I just can't get past some of his content. No, no, it's like... just so jarring. And unfortunately, mm. that was the first... And it's probably my fault in that I just put it on in the background. I started, you know, parenting. And then um, that song just hoved out of the horizon. <laughs> And suddenly I was very present and going, ha. Huh. But then that became sort of, that was my then, my first proper memory of the record. And it was mm. troublesome. Yeah, I think, bizarrely, because we discussed this on Igor as well. Whereas Tyler the Creator seems to have a whole history behind homophobic lyrics and him even being banned from UK for hateful lyrics. Mm. That... Doom and a lot of other rappers haven't been tired of that brush so stridently as Tyler Crater seems to have been. Well, hence my uh, question, really. Because uh, I remember yeah. the uproar about Tyler the Creator, but um, I've only ever really heard good things about Doom. Yeah, I think potentially where Doom um, gets an easier ride with it is because, I mean, th this isn't an excuse, or but potentially a reasoning is because it's seen as he is doing a supervillain character. And the song is not Daniel Dumoulin having, you know, uh, sorry, homophobic swipes mm. at people. It's Doom, the supervillain, having swipes. Uh, you know, if you go, read the lyrics, he's having a go at other superheroes. But the language he's using is quite inflammatory. Like one of the lines is about referencing Batman sucking off Robin's cock whilst he hangs out the Green Goblin and calling superheroes in thigh high boots with red tights uh, and no, sorry, tighty whities and a blue cat suit. It's all tied up in superhero imagery, 
But mm. is it? But I was going to say because that, but that would be a sort of easier pill to swallow if his supervillain persona um, maybe took aim at any other marginalised group. But I didn't hear that. Um, that's not to say it's not there, but I didn't hear it. Mm. Um, I just heard him really, really laying into gay guys. It is a difficult one because I know that, yeah, it's it's such... Because these words are used, Adam, and they're used in ways which are born out of hateful terms which have then been diluted down to this kind of almost playground patter and it's not cool it's not good and even i think i mentioned on the igor episode but now when i hear the the f word the f slur in songs made now by people i generally admire and like it makes me feel uncomfortable because it's like i i thought we'd got the newsletter now it's not cool to say these yeah. things and um, can't really in 2021 clear, there is ugh, this, this is the thing that's really hacking me off generally it is just good manners to not yeah. <laughs> marginalise people with lazy, hurtful slang. It does not make you some sort of tiresome, and I'm using other people's words here, woke snowflake. I hate those terms. I think they're mm. pathetic. And it just means that you haven't got anything better to think about when really all I think anybody's appealing for is a bit of courtesy, live and let live, eh? <laughs> yeah, and the irony being that most people who say words snowflake now are kind of snowflakes themselves. But anyway, well, they do bye tend bye. to get obsessed with um, freedom of speech. Um, and again, to use other people, a phrase that's doing the rounds, it doesn't mean freedom from consequences. Mm. You absolutely can say what you like, but um, you really need to be aware that you don't have the right to say it to anybody else that you like, and there is a difference. Yeah. Yes, quite so. Uh, so yeah, the Bassy Boy is, is a contentious one because I, 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 musically I like it. <laughs> it's yeah, got a very cinematic vibe to it, which I enjoy. Got to be honest with you, I enjoyed, and I'm going to use this term advisedly, I think it's called his flow, and I did like it. I mean, the man really does know his way around a sentence. Oh, God, got, yeah. He, so dense. Just what he packs into a sentence, the yeah, stream of consciousness. Hell of a lot of verbiage in this. Oh guy. yeah, cool. Yeah, a lot of syllables. I mean, he's he was definitely, even though he was known as much as being a producer. Like any time he featured, he's one of those people. Any time he featured on someone else's song, he just came in and just fucking just took that song. It off became him. his song. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Doom's here. It's now Doom's song. He was just he had one of those voices, just that deep booming snarling like delivery well you say and, that and there's a bit in this when he's actually singing yes <laughs> and even though i mean he's clearly a better rapper than he is a singer there's a sort of quality to it which i really liked <laughs> it's kind of like a naive derangement about it <laughs> yeah just, yeah yeah it sounds quite mad yeah yeah and i i, I think I, I, I always look forward to that bit of the song. Again, I forget which song it is. <laughs> yeah, well, so... Yeah, it's a, it's a starter. Batty Boys is... Uh, yeah, and I do think it kind of leads us into what what is the weirdness of Doom, because it is it is that strange thing. It's like, should we take him his word on this? Is he actually being generally hateful? Or is it truly he's being a supervillain, uh, you know, that's his, the style, and he's being provocative. Yeah, it just seems like a supervillain would probably have bigger fish to fry than 
really sticking it to the homosexuals. True. Hollow out a mountain, take over a country. Come on. But Doom was really into uh, like he did well, a lot Italy of Italy or France. Ah, no one ever, no says, one ever Italy. says Italy. But he was really uh, he did a lot of stuff with Cartoon Network as well. So I, I believe the, the huh. Danger Doom album he made was it had like Aquatine Hunger Force featured on it a lot, and he oh, did yeah. music for them. So he did he was known for having quite a sophomoric sense of humor, um, kind of into like teenage shows and stuff like that. So I think there is a degree of it where it is just just kind of childish humour is thrown in into it as well. Yeah, all right. I mean, uh, look, I, I I came in freely aware that maybe I was reading too much into it. But I think the take home is, while I, I think the song in, its, in and of itself is quite a good listen, I'm not totally comfortable with it. No, <laughs> it, no, I, don't, genuinely, I, don't I found it really grating. Mm. Go, but it's one of those bit of a shame actually mike bit of a shame i actually think he let himself down there bit of a shame that <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe it is supposed to be a song if we give him a benefit of a doubt maybe it's supposed to be a song but it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable potentially Mission or maybe it's, maybe it's just as crass as it might yeah. as well be <laughs> maybe maybe it's yeah. not easy homophobia <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it could be But the next track, yeah, we're, we're just going to jump around here. But the next track, Angels, also features something else I believe you found problematic. Uh, this is a song featuring Ghostface Killer, which uh, the, the tune is the Charlie's Angels theme tune. Oh, okay. So I believe there's a moment in this where I think it's Ghostface, he uh, does a Chinese voice. Oh, yes. Yes. Hmm. I mean, we did a whole podcast about featuring Yoko Ono and didn't have to do the voice, so... No. That I'm just saying. On our old podcast around David Bowie on Scary Monster episode, we may or may have not done some cod Japanese voices. That couldn't possibly come in. I think mm. we've, grown, we've grown as men. We have. I mean, that was a good four years ago. We've grown since then. Yeah. Although, if it was four years ago, still north of 30. <laughs> Old enough to know better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I believe we were having our irony cake and gobbling it down as well. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, Angels is quite a um, complex song. Cause... In fairness, I think Angels la- arrived hot on the heels of Batty Boys. So it was already sort of like, oh, really? And then there was, yeah, I think he's being Mr. Lee or something, or Mr. Insert, you know, stereotypical Chinese name here. But um, I I can honestly say it didn't, I didn't find it as grating the next few times I listened, possibly because it's, it's quite throwaway. Yeah, Ghostface is just having some fun, man. Just having some fun with some stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Ghostface's verse on it, he's kind of being the, the Charlie of the piece. Uh, I mean, he refers to the, the angels. Charlie? Oh, I see, yeah. Yeah, he's being Charlie of oh, the God. angels. I didn't know yes. Charlie was slang that I didn't get. But no, no. no, the, no, the, no. the titular he, he, Charlie. Of the angels. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he does refer to his angels as bitches um which is, isn't fair really i mean they've done most of the legwork charlie you know yeah. more more respect charlie yeah 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 
but yeah, he's kind of surmising what they've just done. And then Doom's two verses come in and actually say what Doom's doing as the villain of the piece. And then, so it's kind of actually a bit of a, it's a bit of a Inception style song. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Um, uh, yeah. The other interesting thing about the song, it was actually made in uh, about three years before this album because uh, Ghostface and Doom for the longest time were supposed to be doing a, 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 dub, you know, a joint album together, which was going to be called Doom Starks. And for years it was said to be, go, oh, next year they're going to finally release that Ghostface MF Doom album. Then it was going to be called Swift and Changeable at some point. And it's just never materialised. And now with the passing of Doom, maybe it might find its way out the vault. I don't know, because Ghostface is still very much active and still seems to bring out an album a year. So, Do we know Do we know what happened to him yet? Uh, yet no, actually. We've not really mentioned that in the podcast yet. Um, quite, I mean, I read very briefly about it, but that is odd. Yeah, like, so, he'd been dead for like three months or something before it was announced so, by his Yeah, wife. so it was announced on New Year's Eve 2020 on his Instagram page by his wife uh, that he'd passed away on Halloween like a whole two months before and like just yeah. no one no one had heard a thing uh complete shock to everyone even close collaborators it was like news to them and uh yeah it just there's been no um cause of death yet announced anyway and yeah i and i hadn't realized that he'd been living in britain for the last 10 years well yeah he didn't i think he came to do some shows or something um, yeah he came to europe to do some america, shows off the back america of- wouldn't let him back in yeah, off the back of this album, he he left the US for the first time in a long time. I think he'd done a, a oh, handful of shows. That was it. Yeah, he left. Didn't he leave his wife and children in the US? Yeah. Then was refused re-entry to the US. Yeah. And um, they they then spent several like months living in London like, on his own. Yeah, about two years. Until, apparently. Uh, well, you forgot two years until until yeah. they came to join him, and he just yeah. said, "Yeah, I'm done with America." Yeah, yeah. Which I I had no idea that he basically been living the last ten years of his life in um in Britain, and not not through choice because previously he'd said I don't in any way consider myself to be British. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And again, why would he? Yeah, he lived in New York his entire life. Yeah, it's yeah bizarre. Just that really is just absolute like Kafka esque bureaucracy. It is just madness. Yeah. No, bizarre. You've got this quite celebrated artist. Mm. Have him, wouldn't you? Well, it's like you couldn't even get Tyler Crater in the bloody country. He wants to get out of it. Just do a swap. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah, really weird. Um, yeah, no, I like I like Angels. It's a fun song. Yeah, there's there's older versions of it as well where the drums aren't so heavy on it. But this album does have good drum. It's a good. No, it really album. does actually. That, I mean, I know I said that to you. Like the only the only times I, I properly sort of really enjoyed it were <laughs> when I was wandering around Tesco's because that's one of the three locations I spend my time. Ah, that's where you can um, go. My house, work, or here. Um, no, no, Tesco's. I'm not. I'm not there now. But um, it's without question a headphones record. Mm. It sounds, I mean, I don't own a hard copy of it, but it sounds terrible through, like, if you just, you know, when you just play a song on your phone, yeah. and it's just, and there's no, it's not wired to any speaker or anything, it sounds 
wretched, like one of the worst albums. You put it through headphones, it is a different album entirely. Mm. Very weird, but, you know, not disagreeable. No, and, and a good song for the bass is Yes Sir, which uh, features... Yeah, quite like Yes Sir. Yeah, which features Ghostface's uh, Wu-Tang Brethren uh, Raekwon, which is an odd song because Doom doesn't actually feature on the song. It's a Raekwon solo song. Huh. And, and one of the things about it, it's a great so, you know, great tune, but it, one of the criticisms about the album was Doom was such a... Uh, he was a great digger of the crates, as they call it. And mm. uh, I, I realised how white I sounded. But he's a digger of the crates, Adam. Uh, he basically just finding all these really obscure uh, tunes just to chop up. And then he went and used UFO by ESG, which is one of the most sampled songs in hip-hop history. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, quite famously used by Big Daddy Kane. And I've then gone and actually listened to the song. It's fucking fantastic. I mean, it's very close to this tune with minus the um the beat over it uh but esg got so fed up of people uh making money off sampling it they even released an ep at one point called credits don't but pay the bills because yes they just uh they were just like yeah all these people making money off our music and all we get is a yeah cheers for that and you get like 50 quid and like yeah brilliant can we get some big daddy kane gold chains then and things like that uh yeah, yeah, yes, sir. It's like quite a short. It's almost just like an interlude, really, with Raekwon just appearing on it and just that great UFO tune. And it's one not... of those songs that's only like a minute and a half long, because there's there's loads of those. Yeah, so it's a, it's again an odd album because I know last time you were saying is there going to be lots of interludes on it and stuff, and it actually isn't really. It, but it's well, just... I didn't say interludes. I said skits. Skit, yes, yeah, skits, skits, skits. Because that's where you go on hip hop albums. I remember some of the hip hop that you used to play at university, and that I would occasionally try and grapple with. I found it sometimes you'd be thoroughly enjoying it and then it would be these dog shit attempts at humour. Yeah, he just got four minutes of dudes who are sometimes high just showering each other in a studio. I or you got I think often high, based on the yeah. ones that you played. Or you know, um, you know, if you're looking at a big pun on Taurus B I G albums, you've got interludes where it's just people having sex, you know, it's like could someone tell me the logic where they thought for for years to come people are going to be listening to something? Oh, let's skip to that sex skit. Brilliant. I mean, you say that, but we 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 gave Yoko Ono a bravura review. For... Hey, that was that was musical. That was musical brilliance. For her sexy noises at the end of Kiss Kiss Kiss. Oh, oh yes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Steady now. Steady, steady, steady. All aboard. Something I did uh, appreciate about the album is actually the intro called Supervillain. I like the fact that it does the old Pink Floyd the Wall trick. Because if you listen... So the album, officially... I know we've listened to the 21 song version, which has like three remixes of one song on it. Gazillion year. Yeah, uh, which we'll come to in a sec. But the album properly finishes with the song uh, Thank Ya which is just that sample. Um, I believe it's a sample from Bishop Eric McDaniel and the Lord's Church Cathedral Choir, uh, One More Chance. 
Mm. from their album uh it's a sample from that but that's what closes the album and when you put super villain on the intro it's still thank you playing out oh okay so it does the old if you just listen mm. to it in a loop it keeps going of thing which i actually only realized this time around listening to it i never clocked that before well, i certainly didn't know no but i do that and i, I, like, I like that sample as well because i do you know if i'm in the right mood heavens no i'm not a religious man but i do enjoy a bit of balls to wall gospel music like oh, yeah like a dollop of it here and there oh um, yeah is a lovely thing where's yeah, the I mean, what's the sample from you know the, it's, it's i think it's repeated quite a lot or it could just be that the album is playing a lot that goes dun 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 do you have any idea what i'm talking about no oh i don't worry about it but uh it was like there was some horns playing on it as well. It's and it's after that guy talking about how he's a villain. Villain. Yeah. Biggest group of super villains. Yeah. Blah blah. Yeah, is that is that the song Super Villains? Could be, mate. I don't know. <laughs> the one that starts with what rhymes with Schmillen. Villain. I love that. Do you? He's a villain. <laughs> yes, he is. Is he? That song is one of the great posse cuts. And for one thing, it uses the drums off Rum DMC Sucker MCs, which is one of the Going to have to help me out here. Ever. What's a posse cut? It is a song where you have a variety of rappers. Oh, okay. Or, and there tends not to be a I, chorus. I, mean, it's I just... probably could have guessed the whole posse thing, but why is it called a cut? Because that's what oh. songs are usually called, cuts. Who is it? I thought it meant yeah. like edit. No, it's a, it's a term for a, a song. Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, and he uses Run DMC's Sucker MCs, which is one of the great hip-hop songs and great beats of all time. And I, was, I love the way it kicks off and the first line is, uh, set it off, adrenaline rush. It's just like, way, it's here. Let's get going. Yeah, I, it, didn't ha- it did not have that impact on me. It was, unfortunately, I put that bit on. I was going, okay, one more time. Come on, maybe this time it will work. The boy's way beyond a pen and a Dutch. It's, just, it's got such a nice flow to it. Um, I quite liked the one where he was talking about uh, doing his filing as damn stucky thought that was quite good i don't know what again i can't remember what song it was because mike it was i tried <laughs> so it's not make notes i don't well, know because i well, a busy fella and i was it was always while i was doing other things but i just well, kept trying in the hope that it would click what i quite like about super villains as well is you have uh Postanus on it who is one of third of de la soul ah. Uh, he's he's performing as P Pain as a supervillain name. I just find that funny that you know Della Soul like has cystitis. No, more like T Pain. The oh, okay. uh, right. you know, uh, I was going to say Vocoda. That's not a different thing. Uh, I mainly know T Pain from um, I'm on a boat by the Lonely Island. Mm. And by mainly, I mean exclusively. Yes. He's having a lovely time on that video, though, old T-Pain. He's having a great day. Possibly because he's on a boat. That tracks. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I just I find it funny that you got you know Della Soul who are for longest time for the flower power ch- children of hip hop, and then yeah. you got him here as P Pain on Super Villains. Yeah. Hmm. So the Super Villains three didn't grab you at all. So I generally I think it's a great song. Uh, no, it did didn't really. Because even the music has got this spiralling kind of, yeah, this calamitous sound to it, where it does sound like, you know, it's something over the top and superhero-esque. Yeah, it's at the end of Supervillain intro. There's there's some nice horn work, which I really did enjoy. It's probably Um, just taken from a a Saturday morning cartoon. Well, I don't know. It sounds sounds better than that. (laughs) Like, I know I I didn't get a Saturday morning cartoon vibe. Is, Is it him doing the... Endlessly carping on about super villainy. Do you know? I actually, I think it might be Postanus from De La Soul. <sighs> well, I mean, I think it might well, be him I, doing. A, I hope he, I hope he's enjoyed himself because I think it's, it's him doing a really exaggerated, over the top, yeah, villain voice. <sighs> Which again, I find it funny that that dude from De La Soul, who usually writes really conscious hip-hop is just having some fun he's having some fun adam oh i'm glad you enjoyed it i just feel like i just it, it i didn't i i came my i came away going okay i like that um ah! bit at the beginning and i like the horns at the end ah! and then yeah everything in between those two points i thought oh shut up shut up i get it you're supposed to be a villain it's just, fair, it, is, it is the intro, it's setting up the tone of the album. Yeah, and unfortunately, they set the tone of the album up as something that I thought, get on with it, shut up. <laughs> look, I came in, I, I, look, I've, I've been pretty straight up with you. I tried, I, I, and, and I appreciate work. that. I appreciate this, Adam. All right. But so the whole point think... of this endeavour was that we were going to try and broaden our musical horizons, and, yeah. you know, mine... My horizons remained resolutely where they were before while the album happened on by them. I, I, yeah, to that point, I feel like I'm being much more open here to like, getting on board with Marillion, getting on, you know, on the uh, McCartney 2 train. Look, look. Well, Marillion, look, look. Marillion was great. Look, look, listen. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I'm not going to hear, I'm not going to countenance a word against Marillion because. Struck light. We all enjoyed that. But, and as far as McCartney 2 goes, neither of us think it's a great record. It's just one that we enjoyed. It's spending a bit of time getting to know. But anyway. So, right. So, you're not a big fan of supervillains as I. What do you think of Gazillionaire, which is kind of first proper song on the album? Uh, well, my problem with Gazillionaire is I really liked it, but I couldn't quite tell you which one of the 80 versions of this song that are on the album was the one that I really liked, but the basic structure of the song is one that I enjoyed. Yeah, we'll just go over the last three tracks, because the the album, as you usually find it, has three different remixes of it taped onto the end of the album. I, firstly, I find it odd, why did he just pick the one song to have yeah. three remixes of? One by Tom York, uh, which in all honesty, is just meh. There's nothing really there to scream. This is top Radiohead's Tom York remixing this. It's just another... I always think that's basically, you know, just a bit of showy casting to try and get Radiohead fans to buy it. Yeah. 
they know what they're doing. I think that, that scream is more of a record label thing yeah, than yeah. an MF thing. Why don't we yeah, get Tom uh, York to do it? And then, you know, a small army of people, possibly more like me than his usual audience, would go, oh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. If he enjoys um, the patronage of York. <laughs> Uh, but the, just um, cards on the table. I've never been able to get Radiohead either. <laughs> and you know, what? I've given them, I've, I've given them the listings, Adam. I've done all the albums. It I had, think Radiohead have never clicked for me. No, and they haven't for me either. But I can, I can very clearly see that they will eventually, because there are so many people that I, that I have a sort of taste that I really dig that are huge Radiohead guys and I think, you know, clearly there's something there yeah, and eventually it will land. Yeah, I'm very much with Radiohead where it's like I've not get got it yet and I'm sorry for that because I've clearly missed yeah, something here. Because I feel like it's my loss. Yeah, I really do. Um, and I, I've listened to all the albums and some of them I genuinely really enjoy but like I, yeah, I've not hit that point where I'm like oh, I fucking love Radiohead. Oh my god, yes. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm never going to be I, I don't understand why OK Computer is no pedestal that it is, and I'm aware that that's the one. Yeah, yeah. I I want to be I want to be on board, everyone. I'm just not. I just I, I, like, I want like, to be like you. I feel like OK Computer is going to be something that I bring to the party at one point, just because that will, might give me the the impetus to really give it maybe the proper listen. Uh, I mean, my favorite Radiohead song is I think it's All I Need from In Rainbows. Yeah. Mine's probably cream. Good choice. That's yeah. not. I haven't got one. But the version of Gazillionaire, which I hold true, is the one that has um, the theme tune to Midnight Express as the sample halfway through the song. I don't know it. Uh, it's for Giorgio Moroda. That... Yeah. yeah, where the song just goes from quite a... Um, a jaunty little soulful number which samples Trouble by Brenton Wood and then just halfway through it just suddenly changes to the macabre sound of Midnight Express for no yeah. particular reason. And the, and the whole way through the song you have someone saying, Villain, who I read to much displeasure is Paloma Faith. Uh, uh, Paloma Faith is one of those people I'm totally indifferent to. It, she's one of those people for some reason I dislike her I can't tell you, you why you everyone her? I think I think I know why you dislike her and I think it's because she's self-consciously kooky and that um, could well be you it. have historically had an aversion to such apart from um, doom. David Lynch kooky and <laughs> mysterious it's easily one of your best impressions easily <laughs> that and Jeffrey Wright textbook I'll, I'll, I'll show you my Jeffy right later, everyone. Keep that kind of talk to yourself. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm slowly becoming my own dad. <laughs> Keep that kind of talk to yourself. Oh, pardon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because Gazillion is the first song on the album, and yeah, it's just a song about. Doom being the villain of the piece. Uh, one of the first lines is, villain man never ran with Krill in his hands. Nice. Krill is a, a street term for drugs, Adam. Gotcha. Yep. Till in the wasteland sands, which could either be a reference to T.S. Eliot or Dune. 
I mean, I'm going to enjoy both of those references. I know. I, I enjoy both of them. Lovely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, if anything, I prefer Dune. Exactly. I, I, <laughs> I like that one more. Yeah, and then in, in the song as well, you've got him referencing Aquatine Hunger Force, Ernest Goes to Camp. Yeah, so, a lot of things that I'm not going to get references to. I, yeah, I'm really. aware of what both of those things are, but again... So in, in the next song, Ballskin, he references uh, Jake the Snake and then doing a DDT on someone, which was Jake the Snake's finishing move. Oh, uh, uh, Jake the Snake on Mescaline or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I did pay attention. See, yeah, <laughs> and, and you know who Jake the Snake Roberts is. Yeah, because uh, you made me watch that heartbreaking documentary. Oh, everyone, even if you're not a wrestling fan, if you're just a which human not. being, yeah. no. Just a human being. What? Please watch the um, the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. It's basically just an incredible just film about a former alcoholic and drug addict just basically getting healthy again and getting his life back together. And he happens to be a former wrestler. Is that how it ends? Yeah, it ends with him going to the Hall of Fame at WWE. Oh, good, good. I mean, that's actually better because in my head, I remembered it having a really sad ending. Well, um, he jumped I, off a turnbuckle yeah. to a certain death. I think what's happened is that there's a bit where he's sort of like just gone to an airport bar, hasn't he, and had a relapse yeah. and just lies about it, despite it being perfectly clear that he's hammered. <laughs> I've just had three or four beers. He's like, I fucking smell about you, man. Three I've just had three beers. or four beers and he's falling over. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a bleak, bleak old watch. But I, I'd, I'd forgotten that it had a positive ending, which is probably why I've remembered it in such negative terms. And he's still going great guns, which is even better. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. You see a lot of those. God, wrestling really spits people out, doesn't it? Oh, my, yes. Yeah. It really takes, like, their, their prime. The best, years, the best years of their lives. And, and then, then just, just leaves them, them with no money in shattered knees and just dreams of glory that will never come. Horrible. Yeah. It Still, is. so long as Vince has got shekels, what yeah. more could, what does it matter? That's what we call show business. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ballskin, which follows Gazillion Air, which I, I love the, uh, the beat to it. Yeah, I really enjoyed Ballskin, um, apart from the fact that it was called Ballskin. Um, yeah, it seems a bit gratuitous for a song that doesn't really discuss the matters of balls. The matters of state. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem to have an awful lot to do with, well, matters scrotal, it, or, or indeed pigskin for that matter, which I thought yeah. maybe maybe it was about football or something, but no. It's it, really I, more about doom go around bit slapping people, like smack the grin off the chin, crack smoking. And that's where he also mentions about... Um, yeah, DDT, the first bar, leave the track back broken. So it's basically just it's a bravado song. Yeah, this is, this is a... It does, like, it's a, it does rock it along, though, doesn't it? It's got quite a, it's got oh, a yeah. bit of pace to it. Yeah, it's just a few chumps and you know who you are. Um, sorry, it's just a few chumps and you know who you are like a shout-out. Place them in your loud mouth and taste them like a pastry. Waste of space, face hastily, bow out gracefully. I mean, he does, he does pack it in. He, he does. Just, I mean, I'm, I'm very... I think he is alluding to said ballskin when he's saying he'll pack him in your mouth. The titular ballskin. Mm, that's where it rears its ugly head, Adam. 
Yeah. Just think it's assonant, that line. It's good. But um yeah. Uh again, quite enjoyed the song. And then he just kept saying ball, ball skin and it's genuine ball skin going, oh, it's just it's why 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 balls? Because <laughs> again, it's that kind of just teenage like humour. It is very teenage, ball. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Very much so. Uh and a part of this album which not really touched on yet is it features some of uh, posthumous works by Jay Diller, who was uh, a celebrated hip hop producer as well. Uh, so, like Gazillionaire is produced by Jay Diller, or we'll take some of his tunes, but also the song Light Works. And on those, uh, Doom doesn't really do much to them, he kind of he raps over them. Uh, yeah, and Diller was kind of like he's still held to be one of the great hip hop producers, and he died quite young, uh, from a, a blood disease. And yeah, he was known as like one of the all-time greats, kind of Ooh. in terms of just the samples he found. And again, someone who just released instrumental albums and things like that. Um, but yeah, uh, so there's Lightworks as well on here, which is uh... now Lightworks. I really liked. What, what's the sample at the beginning? Yeah, I, mean, I could look that up because, again, this is taken straight from Jay Diller's Donuts album, which is actually probably his best-known album, which was released um, uh, just before he died or just after he died. And so, obviously, if you bring Jay Diller to me, you'll probably make me listen to his his most complicated and least yeah, popular so I'll, record. I'll play you uh, Jay Takes Japan. And, <laughs> and watch uh, me struggle. Uh, Lightworks by Raymond Scott. He was an American composer, band leader, pianist, record producer, and inventor of electronic instruments. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I like the Lightworks because I like the sample because I thought it provided a pleasing sort of counterpoint in the middle of the album. It was a little bit of, you know... Um, not light relief, but just, you know, a very a strikingly different tone. The type of yeah, thing that would make you look at your phone and go, oh, so what's this now? Yeah, because... A change of pace. Doom and Diller are similar in a lot of ways. Though. They, they, they both take a lot of soul samples and funk, but Diller's samples tend to be a bit more laid back, relaxed stuff, whereas Doom's are much more uh, kinetic in a way and just... Mm. Uh, cinematic whereas Dillard's was a much more just kind of chill but when I say that he did a few songs for Raekwon uh, album only built for Cuban Links where he basically he almost does better Wu-Tang songs than RZA does it's mm. quite remarkable in some ways you hear songs and you think oh no, RZA's picked up his game as well well shit they're Dillard's songs RZA's the main guy isn't he in Wu-Tang RZA's the main producer well he was back in the, the first few years he was the main producer yeah in the first full flush of youth Yes, during their five-year plan, which they legit had a five-year plan as a, a band. Yeah, you can't knock them, can you? Mm. They were clinical. Yeah, yeah Rizzo literally said to him, was like, if you give me five years of your life, I will make you all millionaires. And, uh, and I he believe did. he probably did, yeah. I think he did, yes. <laughs> and, and now there's other contractual stuff they get into but that's by the by uh 
Yeah, and, you, um, and then you've got another song with Madlib on here. So connecting back to the Mad Villain album, that really famous one I didn't get you listening to, Adam. Right. Uh, and that's absolutely absolutely which uh, is basically a song where he's a kingpin addressing his minions about how to deal with a, a number of issues threatening a crime syndicate um, so get a visage he gives the orders the rest of them punks or quit the force or get slaughtered hmm. and it's uh, predictably so it's smooth the usual sort of HR issues yeah yeah, a lot of admin in crime syndicates. Yeah, the sort of issues of that's going to affect any large organisation. Oh, the bureaucracy of crime is... Uh... People booking holiday at the same time. Not getting their oh. shifts covered. That's our big business. I gotcha. Yeah, again, I like, I like absolutely. And we've got Rap Ambush. Produced by Jake Wan, who I'm not that familiar with, but he was a producer for the G Unit production team for a while. And is Rap Ambush I'm, is the one with the um, what sounds like a law enforcement officer talking about how there was a man trap inside, but yes, the operation think, was still a, a, a overall success. Yeah, I think it's, it's basically it's in it dooms equating uh, battling him. In, a, in, a, in an MC fashion as literally going to war or being in combat. That's basically, basically the theme of it. And uh, just for any hip-hop fans out there, I, kind of for me, the, the beat sounds like it could be some, by someone like Cage or Necro. We'll expect you to know who they are, Adam. But it's got quite You're a spindly... Right. Yeah, it's got quite a spindly tune to it, which is kind of just a bit off-putting in a nice way. Uh, and what do you think of Cells, which is the song which features Charles Bukowski? Yes, this was my favourite. <laughs> I thought it might be. And I didn't realise it was Bukowski. I'd like to make that plain, um, mm. lest I be accused of just going, there's a name I recognise. I'll say that's <laughs> my favourite. And he's um, dead. I, I, and he is dead. He's also a very troublesome figure. Yeah, it's problematic, I would say. Now. I was trying, I'm trying to avoid the word problematic, but yeah. I mean, really, the problem with him is he was a cunt. He was a titanic cunt. But, um, again, he's, uh, yeah, sells his, uh, well, that, that, the sample of him talking with that sweeping, crashing noising in the background yeah. makes for quite a, a sonic assault. Really is. It's a very apocalyptic song as well. Again, just that when you're, you know, when you're down the, the veg aisle. Oh, well, well, worse. It was the meat aisle. <laughs> I need a joint for Sunday. What's cheapest? What am I getting most bang for my buck with? While that was playing, and this heavy doom laden bit of business is screaming in my earphones as an old lady that I couldn't hear what she was saying. It was just mouthing. Me, <laughs> <laughs> the lamb has maggots in it. Uh, possibly predictably, I yeah, I think cells is the standout. Mm. I think that's quite a ballsy sample to use as well, though. It is. I like the fact that it starts off just the voice, and then the music kicks in. I quite like that touch as well. Mm. 
Yeah, and like nations fall and shaking of a snake tail make due. Blazing swords trace for haze. Praise the Lord, saving grace. Lace your broad, she said bored. That's Doom, that's not Bukowski. Although it could be. Yeah. It could be. <laughs> that's kind of the stuff he used to churn out as well. So, but Yeah. He was probably drunker than Doom. Have you ever read any Bukowski? I have. And it always just sounds like he's ever slow, just millimetres away from punching another woman. Yeah, or you, or anybody who happens to be there, if he could rouse himself for long enough. I mean, yeah, he's the sofa. clearly uh, a troubled fella. But I was, I, I, he, he, there's a, a visceral sort of unpleasantness to all of his work, or the, all of his work that I've read, where it's just, oh, you... You horrible, horrible man, but... Well, it's, the, it's all just... It's very misanthropic, all of it. Oh, completely, but it's, it's, it's like... It's just sounds, isn't it? Like, yeah. that's that's what he's... That's the the trick with the language. Is It's all I mean, very... It's very guttural. Well, that's that's why, you know, maybe Doom's picked him up here, because, I mean, certainly for me, as someone who listens to hip-hop, I don't necessarily always, you know, listen to what is being said. I'm listening to the rhythm of it, but those collection of words being assembled together to make this rhythm like a collage yeah so my first listen when so I so the effect of the whole rather than yeah so yeah. i don't a lot of the time i won't hear the actual lyrics the first time of listening i will hear the rhythm of the voice over the music i think that's absolutely fair enough because there's a hell of a lot more going on in lyrics like this than there is in for example coming up where it's just the phrase mm. like a flower over like a, a flower yeah which is good at all, but that this, this you're getting a hell of a lot more words for your money here. Oh yeah, which is why I really enjoy someone like Doom or Ghostface Killer because a lot of the time they are talking absolute stream of consciousness, and it, if you try and dissect it, it is meaningless. But nothing wrong turn, with that though. I mean, but look they, at Bowie's lyrics. Oh yeah, for but they quite a long time. They turn in a good rhyme and they pack it all in together, so it is all these couplets together, which is very pleasing on the ear. And it just kind of makes you appreciate just the, the craft there of actually just making it's that kind of rhythm. sort of, um, well, talent, but also I'd say discipline, isn't it? Because of... Yeah. How do, you, like, I... how do you do that? How do you not stop yourself by going, uh, I'm a bit worried that the next thing I'm going to say probably, uh, does that rhyme properly? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I imagine, well, then... you know, like a stand-up talks about how they're, they're actually, in their head, they're three lines further yeah. through their routine while their yeah. mouth is saying that thing. It's got to be something similar. Yeah, it must be. But it's, it's the fact that they're not just completely non sequiturs. Like, maybe the line that preceded it has nothing to do with that. But the line in itself, you could take that and it's actually, it says something within that line. Yeah. But then the line which it then rhymes with is completely disconnected. No, but, I can get yeah. that, Mike. I can, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah one of the reasons I, I enjoy Doom as a you know a lyricist, just because yeah, like one of my favorite lines. It's not on this album, but it's on a song called Biochemical Equation, where he just says um, he sold odds and bobkins to old gods and goblins. It's just like oh, okay, okay, come on, there's, there's some things I not enjoy about that, is there? Exactly, and then he finished that line by saying, "Golly, come oh, on that's, now, that's a good line." Did he really say bobkins? Yeah. That's some yeah, arcane vocab. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of sales. I just I love the atmosphere of it, and it's 
I, if anything, I could probably dug a bit more of this sound where it is just that apocalyptic cinematic sound. Don't necessarily need a lot more of Bukowski or poems in it, but yeah, no, just no, that. I'd say a little goes a long way. Yeah, but just that overall effect of it all. I think I could have done a bit more of that maybe on this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then <laughs> maybe except... you could have sampled more drunk beat misanthropes. <laughs> Some W.H. Horton. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what W.H. Horton's private say, life was like at all. Was Horton a misanthrope? I don't, I don't know. He's just, yeah. He, he was, I mean, and Betjeman, he was just uh, taken with trains. I mean, in the form of a woman. Larkin was fairly misanthropic. Mm. Not a beat writer, but he did hate women, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then Sales is, is bizarrely followed up by Still Dope, which is a relatively cheerful number. Again, which Doom doesn't appear on. And it's um, Empress Star doing a solo piece. And Doom was, uh, he'd been known to say that he liked to have a woman's voice on the second half of his albums. Seems like a sp- very specific thing he liked. Yeah, I mean, the, the type of thing that you probably wouldn't even notice unless you draw the attention to it. No, uh, not really. But uh, yeah, I just, I still dope's a, a, a fine song, but it's kind of... Sell- almost at the sort of literal halfway point as well. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like a bit of a pick, it, it's, or the intention maybe of it is to have a bit of a levity after Cells being so intentionally dark and bleak. And yeah, then Still Dope I is... That's uh, probably why I didn't particularly like Still Dope. Because I've yeah. got no interest in levity at this point. Yeah, it's just basically Emperor Star just against a one of the more peppy uh, tunes on the album. Just talk about how, how awesome she is. And she's still dope. As is her want. As is her want. And then it leads into just microwave mayo, which is just, it turns me off instantly because I think that's the idea. The idea of microwaving mayo is gross. Well, uh, I think my feelings are that mayo is gross, full stop. Um, possibly microwaving is, is also unpleasant. Uh, I don't know why anybody would want it. Didn't enjoy it on this. I didn't like the title. I didn't like the sound. Uh, yeah, it's got it's got like a little cheapy synth sound on it, which I think, yeah. again, is intentionally like icky and... I like the guitar sample on it, but yeah, the the overall electronic noise is a bit. Yeah. <laughs> he followed that up with I, the title is funny. More rhyming, Just more rhyming, more, more bloody rhyming. <laughs> that screams of a. I have no title for this song. This is more rhyming. This one do it. Come on, you all know the score. You say some, I mean, there's words, and then I rhyme them, and yeah. <laughs> I love, I like the story in it though, because it is a bizarre narrative song. It's about taking a woman's virginity after they've been to a Paul Simon concert. Oh God, this is all the. I wondered if he was talking about Paul Simon. I just couldn't. <laughs> I just kept hearing snippets. Going, it's like this film's like a weird Takashi Miike film where just random shit happens. It so that happens. And then he's on the subway and he destroys a fake rapper on the subway tracks whilst uh, feces flies everywhere. Then he goes to Rome. Is this the one where somebody gets a lifetime supply of disgusting feces in a bucket or something? 
Yeah. Yeah. Then he, then he flies to Rome, has sex with someone's grandma, but flies back home. It's a yeah. busy 24 hours. Yeah, you got to pack a lot in, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's just a, it's a very silly narrative song, which I quite enjoy. Like I say, more like a Takashi Miike narrative where the actual plot points are hazy, mysterious, but there's something in there. Is there, though? Is there. And again, if, you, if you're familiar with it, I'm pretty sure the beat is taken from Nas's Nostradamus. Take my word for it, Adam. I absolutely am doing. I mean, you could be making all of this shit up and I wouldn't know, but I, I trust you. Well, uh, it's going out to at least three people going to hear this, so I wouldn't lie to them. <laughs> and I'm assuming anybody that's still with us at this point has already got the message then that Mike does know his onions hip-hop-wise. It's important we all know that going in, he's done the background reading. I haven't cheerfully acknowledged. That guy has. Right, well, fortunately for you, Adam, that's that. Is the last song we're going to talk about. And, and basically, it's another, it's the last braggadocious song on the album. Ooh. Braggadocious. <laughs> yeah, every time I say the word braggadocious, you always do that. because <laughs> it's just... <laughs> yeah, again, it's got some great lyrics in there, just... Um, Oh, this is the one with the violin bit. Yeah, the uh, the sample is uh, Princess Geeker by uh, Galt McDermott. Oh, and, and it is the one that he sings on as well, isn't it? Yes, it, this is the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this. It's quite nice, this. Yeah, I like this one. And then you got, I love this uh, phrase. Already woke, spared a joke, barely spoke, rarely smoke. Stared at folks where properly provoked, mirror broke. But, you know, when Doom says that, it sounds a lot better. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it certainly sounds a lot better than when you say it. Yeah, there's no oh, getting yeah, away. Absolutely. Yeah, cheer, 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 cheerfully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, again, it's abstract and dense. And I love the fact that at the end, you've got a uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit sample in there of Bob Hoskins shouting, Doom! Which I've still never seen. Of course you haven't, no. So uh, just another in a long list of reference points that this album uh, utilises that are totally wasted on me. I mean, to be fair, most people will get that one. I'm sure they will. I'm sure that, as you just said, cheerfully acknowledged. (laughs) I am aware that I should have seen who shot or framed or... Bloody Welsh... No, who framed Roger Framed, yeah, that one. He's a rabbit. Did they not? I don't know. I don't know. He's a rabbit and Bob Hoskins is there. And Bob Hoskins is there too. Yeah, Bob Hoskins is also there. Yeah. And, and Bob and Hoskins the only... can do no wrong, so... They really can't. May rest in peace. The, uh, the, last, the last track we have to speak to is the one and only full-fledged skit on the album, which is Bumpy's Message, which is a, a, a voicemail left for Doom by uh, old-school rapper Freddie Fox, who also goes by the name of Bumpy Knuckles, which is why it's called Bumpy's Message. Bit of a shame that it's not John Fox, in my opinion. Yes. Underpass! <laughs> uh, but yeah, and you can hear Doom kind of giggling throughout it if uh, you listen carefully. Uh, yeah, and that's a thing. Uh, you know, some 
artists like to do is just put voicemails of other artists have left for them on their albums because that's not something that's going to bore the shit out of everyone else after 10 times listening to it. Yeah. That, that, that's the problem, isn't it, with skits? You might listen to it the first time and go, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, but I plan to come back to this album and now I've got to listen to that fucking thing every single time. Exactly. I don't listen to the same podcast again and again and again. I listen to it once, maybe twice, and go, that was good. I enjoyed that. Done. Yeah, it, it always just feels like a massively self-indulgent. The, the worst case of this is Praz from the Fugees when he did his first album. It is littered with like um, skits of people leaving him voicemail saying, hey, Praz, waiting for that new album, man. So excited for that album. And there's genuinely about eight or nine of them. And they're, and they're all the about album. two minutes... They're on the album. So it's like you're listening to an album of voicemails in, you know, interspersed with the occasional song. It is a, it's such a bizarre thing. But um, So, they yeah. not have enough material. Were they... I think sometimes that is it. But it's also a way of giving themselves more clout, especially if it's someone who's quite famous. Yeah, they yeah, can yeah. Get, and, the, and then they can say, for instance, like Jennifer Lopez features on the album. She doesn't sing or do anything. She leaves a voicemail and just talks oh. for like 30 seconds. But, you know, but then they can say that, say, so-and-so featuring Jennifer Lopez. So that is Born Like This from 2009. Uh, so it's safe to say I potentially picked the wrong Doom album for you. Or I did, maybe not. Maybe, maybe if you went and listened to Mad Villain now, you go, actually, yeah, uh, Born Like This was the one. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe, Adam. Uh, that being said, would you like to keep it at the party? Uh, no. That's a shame. I, I, I would. I wouldn't object to you keeping it there, though. Mm-hmm. Um, again, is there I, any? Is there any song? It. Is there any song you'd like to keep around, though? Well, no. Any? You got a favourite song? Cells. Cells. It's just eerie and atmospheric. I do like cells, but I I just I do have a lot of fun with supervillains. Uh, what rhymes with schmillin? Villain. To be honest uh, with you, I found the 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 constant carping on about villainy, and I'm yeah, aware that that is the theme of the album. Mm, it's so central. Know, that's not part of the subtext. I, I didn't suddenly go, "Ooh, maybe it's about villainy." I found that wearing. So, um, yeah, no, not that. I've, again, there were songs that I thought were okay. There were times when it's almost nearly gelled when I had it on my headphones and so on. But um, as a general rule, I will be... I'm pleased to not have to listen to it anymore. But I think that's probably because I've listened to it a lot in an attempt to try, well, fruitlessly as it seems, to try and prepare for this. But... I've lived with it for a bit. I feel like my horizons have been broadened slightly. I feel like I can I can respect the man, and I do, without necessarily having to listen to this record again for quite a long time. So you're probably not going to go off the back of this and go discover more Doom projects? Maybe one day, but certainly not this day. I'm going and, to go. I'm going to listen to something with boisterous guitars in it again. Well, much like the Mogwai, Adam, maybe someday you will be ready. Until that day, me and Doom will be waiting. The Mogwai. 
It's a Gremlins reference. Another thing you've not seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Whatever. It's the one with the puppets, right? Yeah. Anyway, should we spin that fucking wheel? <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing is, I'm sure that Gremlins is something I'd like. <laughs> I really do. And Roger Rabbit. Yeah, maybe. Tell you what, next time you come and visit, oh no, we can't watch. You, next time you visit around Christmas time, we'll watch Gremlins. Next time you come, we'll watch Roger Rabbit. All right. I mean, it, it would rather break our flow, though, of watching things, things with Eric Roberts in. <laughs> the cinema of Eric Roberts. He's made a lot of films, you know. And we've, you and I have only scratched the surface. If you look at the number of films he's been in on IMDb, it is alarming. Many of them no one's ever heard of. If you consider that you can't look directly at his acting as well. Because oh, it's, it's so blinded. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for the love of God, spin the wheel that I may not have to listen to MF Doom just for a bit. Just just a little a little bit of a reprieve. Right, I don't like the attitude we got into this with, but anyway. Well, well what's this? Christmas! A, a falcon! <laughs> Falcons is perched on the top of a jukebox. What, what? It's got something in its beak. What what omens? What portents? Oh, it's our friend Stars. Oh, it says, <laughs> next episode, our friend Stars will be bringing Black Sabbaths. Ooh, Black Sabbath, which one could it be? Are we talking Paranoid, Volume 4? Oh, Heaven and Hell, that's a D.O. one. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, it's another, you know, uh, uh, mooted string... <laughs> Of special guest stars, whom <laughs> in this galaxy of stars that nobody's heard of, which is mainly people that we went to university with, it's our friend stars talking about um, his deeply cherished icon. I'd say of stage and screen, but I think it's probably just stage. <laughs> it's stage. Ronnie James Dio in his short-lived stint on the mic for Black Sabbath. Well, what this will continue our great tradition of is picking famous bands and picking their lesser famous albums. Oh, not not so, not so. Um, the Darkness and Rush. We picked, mm. well, with The Darkness, well, no, we picked I was, their I was own going, big hit. I was going with Tyler and Doom, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and in fairness, Marillion's... Uh, misplaced childhood is the really the big one um and with uti we we basically did her only sort of album that people might know to be, to be fair that was her biggest album i think yeah, so, yeah yeah uh but yes so our friend chris storzinski um will be here to discuss with us dio dio as frontman for black sabbath's first album heaven and hell yeah actually I'm excited to listen to that because I've not listened to it in a long old time. I don't and it'll be our first proper metal in like 10 years. Yeah, and our first proper metal album at the party. So I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah. All five foot of leather and fury, Ronnie James Dio. It will be a ridiculous proposition and I can't wait. It, but, it, it or was rather utterly ludicrous, but, but in the best possible way. Oh, absolutely. So, yes, and thank you for joining us at another party, everyone. It's not been the most successful party yet, but we shall move on.
cheerfully and bravely. Uh, yes, and if you want to get in contact with us about anything to do with previous parties gone, or if you have any ideas for future parties, we have had a couple of suggestions. We honestly will get round to them at some point. Uh, and thank you for those suggestions. But yeah, if you have anything for us, you can contact us on Facebook. We are on Twitter at Party Listen. We're on Instagram at the Listening Party Pod or on email at listeningpartypod at gmail.com. Oh, mate, I'm just reading the track list for Heaven and Hell. What a, yeah, that's a good album. What a peach. I, I personally would have preferred for Mob Rules, but Heaven and Hell is good. I would have as well. Oh, I, I also sort of wanted him to pick Holy Diver. Because I, I think that's very fun indeed, <coughs> and I, I like the fact that it begins with mm-hmm, 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 just a singer going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're going to enjoy this. Yes, and if you can like and subscribe us on any of your podcast uh, repositories of choice, that'd be vastly appreciated. And yeah, genuinely would love it if you could. So please, if you have a moment. Uh, but until next time, when we shall return with our guests, Chris Dorzynski and Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. Uh, cheerio. Bye. Bye. Villains! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>